chapter 63. My mother was inconsolable that night. She couldn't believe that her sister would rather buy a fancy penthouse in Beijing than help her own sibling. As she buried her head into her pillow, my father tried his best to comfort her. I can't believe she said no, my mom said to my dad. I couldn't either. Never in a million years did I think my aunt would say no. Not after my mom told her we were give, what we were going through. I guess a lot had changed since we left. Not just the neighborhood, but the people too. They were probably splitting the bill now. It's okay, my dad said. We tried. You heard what Hank said. It's no skin off our back. It is, my mom cried. It's the skin and the hair and everything. I bit my lip as I listened from my bed. Now we'll just be employees for the rest of our lives, working for one bastard after another. Not everyone can leave Ying, my dad said. Some people are just destined to be followers. As my dad's dad started out going on about our fate again, I threw my head back down on the pillow. I didn't believe we were destined to be followers. I didn't believe we were just supposed to stay on the roller coaster forever. I thought about all the people I'd met this year and how we all deserved better. Lupe, Hank, the other weeklies, and all the immigrants so many wonderful people from so many different parts of the world. If there was only one way, we could join together and break free. Wait a minute. What if we didn't need one rich relative? What if what we needed instead was a lot of poor people? My mom said it herself, everybody could put in a little. Lupe came straight over the next day and squealed when I told her my plan. Of course! Why didn't we think of this earlier? Mr. Yao desperately wants to sell the motel. We could probably get it for cheap. She grabbed my hand and we ran out the back to find Hank. It was a Saturday and Hank was outside his room watering his tomato plant. How much do you think Mr. Yao wants for the motel? We asked him. Hank stopped watering and drew a sharp breath. At least $300,000, I'd say. Why? Did you guys find another rich relative? No, we were all out of those, but we knew a lot of people. Sure, they were all poor, but if everybody put in a little... And it wouldn't be a donation. It'd be an investment. We'd own the motel together, I told Hank. I pulled out my notebook and showed him and Lupe my calculations. Their eyes bulged when they saw the map. This place makes $12,000 a month, Lupe asked. Holy, that's serious money, Hank exclaimed. Uh, $144,000 a year serious to be exact. Hank slapped his leg. That's it. I'm in, he declared. 
Hank emptied every pocket of his jacket. He dug his fingers into the backs of the chairs and checked under his bed for money. He even checked in his shoes. He managed to find $78.56, which wasn't a lot, but it was something. The other weeklies, as soon as they heard, wanted to contribute too. Fred put in $100, and Billy Bob put in $200. Mrs. T contributed $250. But it was Mrs. Q who put in the most, a whopping $3,000. Hank whistled. You got $3,000 lying around and you're living in this dump? He asked. (laughs) Why don't you get an apartment? This isn't a dump, Mrs. Q said. This is home. And besides, if I live in an apartment, I'd never meet all you wonderful people. She gave my shoulder a squeeze. Lupe skipped on home and talked to her parents. She said they had some sort of emergency fund, but she wasn't sure how much was in there. As for me, I dug out I dug out my essay from the contest and made copies of the essay and passed it out to every single customer who came in. My plan was simple. Find six people to contribute $500 each. That would bring us to a total, a grand total of $300,000. So far, we got $3,650. need to go back. My plan was simple. Find 600 people to contribute $500 each. That would bring us to a grand total of $300,000. So far, we got $3,628 from the weeklies. We still had $296,371 to go. A few customers threw my story in the trash, but a surprising number didn't. They responded with genuine interest and curiosity. A few were moved by what I told them about our situation and the kind of year we'd been having and how we got through it by pulling together as a family. They opened up their checkbooks and wrote checks for $700, and even $8,000. One customer wanted to know my vision for the Calavista. His name was Mr. Cooper, and he was a venture capitalist from from Los Angeles, passing through on his way to San Diego. A venture capitalist, Mr. Cooper said, was someone who invested in small companies before they became big companies. Though he could afford to stay anywhere, Mr. Cooper still liked living frugally, and that was why he was at the Calavista. Where do you see the Calavista in five years? Mr. Cooper asked me. Right here, I said, a little confused by his question. (laughs) He laughed. No, I mean, what kinds of things do you expect from the Calavista? I thought about it and said... I just want everyone to be happy. Every single customer. Mr. Cooper smiled. 
That's the kind of vision I like to hear. I'd be honored to invest, he said. Mr. Cooper took out his checkbook and wrote us a check for a jaw-dropping $50,000. As he handed us the enormous check, my mother's hands shook. She'd never seen so many zeros all in one place. I'm expecting big things from this place, Mr. Cooper beamed. Big things. Excuse me. With Mr. Cooper's check and the other customers' contributions, we still needed about $230,000. So the next day, I went around to all the shops on our streets. To my wild surprise, both Mr. Abaya from the convenience store and Mr. Bhagwati from the dry cleaners wanted to invest. Are you sure? I asked them. Are you kidding? This is our chance to own a piece of land in America, they said. They were were tired of sending all their money back to their relatives month after month. For once, they were going to spend on themselves. They gave me $1,000 each, cash. I ran all the way home, clutching the thick stack of hundreds in my hands. Lupe came over with even more thrilling news. Her parents talked it over. They wanted to invest $10,000, the entirety of their emergency fund. But it's your emergency fund, I said. Are you sure about this? Lupe nodded. We've never been more sure of anything in our life. As her dad added his chunk of the pile to the huge pile of money, Lupe and I grabbed each other's arms and jumped up and down screaming. We're getting off the roller coaster. We're getting off the roller coaster. By the end of the week, we were $85,000 down and $215,000 to go. I took out the big ledger and started writing to old customers. I wrote to Mr. Lewis, the guy who gave me a hard time about the key and wanted all those extra pillows. To my surprise, he wrote me back and sent me a check for $100 along with a gift certificate to Home Depot to buy a better key machine. Mr. and Mrs. Miller, the nice couple who gave me an $8 tip, sent $75. They told their friend about it, a guy who was making a fortune selling mops on the home shopping channel on TV, and he called us up and wanted to invest. My dad then got on the phone and started calling up some of the immigrants who stayed at our motel. When the immigrants heard, they wanted to get in on the deal too. Aunt Ling, Uncle Lee, Uncle Fung, and Uncle Zhu each invested $100, 125 $150, and $200. Even Uncle Zhang, who had just gotten a new job park- parking cars at a parking garage, put in $88, which pleased my mom very much, and my parents very much, because of the number eight. Word got out that there was a killer investment opportunity, and soon immigrants all up and down the state were coming over to invest. 
If we can't have the American dream ourselves, maybe we can have it together, the immigrants exclaimed. My parents were in awe. They could not get over the fact that so many people, total strangers, could believe in them like that, could look at them and decide, hey, I don't know you, but I believe in you. I believe in your dream. And put crisp green bills into their tired, blistered hands. One stranger after another. Flesh and bones that looked into their eyes and said, yes. When time and time again, they looked at themselves and said, no. Two weeks later, an even more amazing thing happened. Hank walked into the front office with a stack of bills. He slid, slid the cash across the front desk, a thick stack of twenties. You found more money? I asked. No, you found more money, he said. I furrowed my eyebrows at him. I didn't understand. I got your money back from the essay people, you know. You what? I couldn't believe my ears. How? I took a page from your book. I wrote them a letter. I reached over and touched the fresh green bills. My lucky penny money. I never thought I'd see it again. When I explained to them how young you are and how hard you worked for that money, they returned it like that. Hank snapped his fingers. Oh, Hank, thank you. He waved away my thanks like it was nothing, even though what he did meant the world to me. So, what are you going to do with it? Hank asked. I'll tell you what I'm going to do with it. I said, I'm buying a motel with it. That's my girl, Hank beamed. I wrote the Vermont people to say thank you for returning the money. That's when I had an idea. Dear Vermont Motel Essay Organizers, thank you very much for returning my entry fee. Can you do me a huge favor? Can you please kindly send me, can you please kindly send me the following letter out to all the other people who entered the essay contest but did not win? It would mean a lot to me. Thank you, Mia Tang. Letter attached. Dear Sir or Matt, my name is Mia Tang. I am 10 years old and like you, I also entered the Vermont Motel Giveaway Essay Contest. For the past year, I have been helping my parents manage a motel in Anaheim, California. We have made it our home. From the towels we carefully fold each and every day to the customers we call family. But you see, the motel is not ours. It belongs to a man named Mr. Yao, who is unkind and unjust and stubborn as a rock. My parents think that working for Mr. Yao is the only way, but I don't think so. At night, I dreamed of a better way. I dreamed of owning a motel one day, and that was was ours. So I entered the Vermont Motel Giveaway Essay Contest. Sadly, though, I did not win. I always knew losing was a possibility. What are the chances of actually winning a motel? But still it hurt. 
watching my hopes and dreams disappear. You probably know the feeling. Well, maybe all our hopes and dreams don't have to disappear. I'm writing to you because something has happened here at the Calavista Motel. Mr. Yao is selling the motel. He's selling it for cheap because he's desperate. We're all chipping in to see if we can buy it from him. And we're looking for investors. If you would like to invest, please let me know. It wouldn't be a donation. You would be one of the owners. And in the future, whenever a customer comes to stay at the Cala Vista, part of that money would go to you. You might be asking yourself, why should I invest in a motel from a 10-year-old? For three reasons. One, I know what I'm doing. I know every corner of this motel like the back of my hand because I've lived here and worked here for almost a year. Number two, I love what I'm doing. I'm very proud of my work. Every day, I check people in at the front desk. The customers like me, seeing closed feedback cards, because I always go the extra mile for them. Number three, I won't let you down. I will work very hard every day for my dream and yours. So what do you say? If we can't win a motel, together, let's buy one. No investment is too small, even if all you have are some extra pennies and nickels lying around. We'll take them. You'd be amazed what some of them are worth. I look forward to hearing from you. Yours truly, Mia Tang, manager. A few weeks later, the checks started rolling in. The Vermont essay people sent my letter out, and to my absolute amazement, People from all over the country sent in checks for $50, $100, $2,000, and even $10,000. By the end of that incredible month, and with everyone else's investments, we had reached $300,000. We cashed all the checks at the bank and kept all the cash in a giant trash bag, which my parents held in their arms at all times and slept with at night in case any robbers came.